This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also, there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the Notes app on your phone, and let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this special series of the podcast where I'll be speaking to female podcasters about their podcasting journey so far, the lessons they've learned, any challenges they've overcome or faced, and what advice they would give you, someone starting out in the podcasting space. So let's go meet today's guest. I would like to welcome today's guest, Dee Carey. Dee is the host of Travel and Shit podcast. A show that is currently ranking in the top 5% globally. It's all about travel conversations that don't have to just be about the destination. Every Thursday, your host and the occasional guest have a nuanced conversation about the intersection of travel and basic life shit, because travel is more than a vacation. Dee, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving up your time to be here with me today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that little uh, nugget of information. I did not know I was ranking well. Oh, oh, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, check it out on Listen Notes. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Ah, no, it's great. I know we connected earlier in in the year, so it's great to kind of see you again. Yes, and thank you for that because you definitely pulled through for the kid. I appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) You are most welcome. So to kick us off, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you and what inspired you to start your podcast. Well, I am a talker. I've always been that kid that didn't shut up. I always had a little show or performance to put on for my mama. God bless her. (laughs) Yes, I did. As an adult, I can look back and really say that I would be over and annoyed with myself. But God bless my mama for always (laughs) pretending to listen. Um, She's a real one for that. And I just like talking and I fell into a love of travel later in life. I didn't leave the country until I was well and grown. I was 30 or 31 and I took my first solo trip to Bermuda and I didn't go for any deep or I don't really do. I can make shit deep, but I am. I don't know. I don't. I tend to just fall into things or just say, all right, fuck it, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can curse, right? Yeah. We're here. Well, I said it. It's the name of the podcast. You could as well go for it. Yeah. That's <laughs> my nature. I'm also a daddy's girl. That's where I learned. That's where I got my vocabulary. Appreciate you, Donald. Um, so, you know, most of my friends ended up being married in relationships or had kids. And it came to the point where I didn't want to wait for the perfect opportunity. I didn't want to wait for a boyfriend to have a vacation. And so I ended up falling into the belief that I needed help to do it. So I found a couple of friends and um, women on the internet that were posting social media. That's really what opened a lot of things up for me because before I started traveling, I thought that I had to wait for the perfect job to have the right amount of money. I thought that I needed, you know, so many things in place for it to be okay for me to travel. And then I saw more solo black women traveling and I had two friends, Anissa and Marissa, And I remember saying, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to go. But does anybody know like a travel agent? And they were like, girl, stop. Google. Do it yourself. You will be fine. And I was like, oh, so you like did it all yourself? And she was like, yeah, Google it. And then I Googled and I was like, oh, that's all they want? That's it? It's only $300 (laughs) to get here? I got $300? Okay. I can figure it out. And I had just gotten an Amex. And I was like, all right, they gave me how much? Oh, I'm going to go someplace. And that's really what it was. Shit just fell into place. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even plan on Bermuda. I was supposed to, I had booked Martinique Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I had it all laid out. I knew what I was doing every day. Thankfully, I didn't plan it because I had hair at the time. My best friend was braiding my hair and it was like three, four o'clock. Somebody called or text and I'm like, I'm like call me no four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock. I ain't answering. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute. It's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Who is why? calling me? I looked at it and my flight had been canceled. Apparently something hit the plane on the ground and they were, you know, rerouting us. I called and the contingency plan just wasn't good enough. They were going to put me on a bus to Boston to fly out of Boston the next day. And I'm like, I'm losing money and on accommodations and the rental that I had booked. So I canceled everything because at the time I booked on Expedia. Mm. Now I kind of piecemeal my trips. But um, thankfully, I canceled it, took a nap. Woke up and booked Bermuda because I came to, it was between Bermuda and I want to say like Cancun or something like that. And I asked my mom, like, where do you think I should go? She was like, I've been to Bermuda and I loved it. You'll like Bermuda. And I just showed up with the wrong set of clothes, actually. <laughs> I was expecting 85 degrees, 90 in Martinique. It was a, the hottest it got was like 71 degrees in Bermuda. And all I had was bikinis and tank tops and shorts. Um, so I got a little chilly, wore those leggings more than once. Do you remember um, what time of year it was? I'm surprised. I thought they were hot year round. It was January. So it was comfortable, but it was like jeans and a t-shirt comfortable. Yeah. Like um, maxi dress with, I had a, I ended up packing like a maxi dress and then I had to like wear, cause I always travel with like a chambray button up. Like Mm -hmm. there's this gap button up that I live by. I love it. I bring it almost every trip and I absolutely had to pull it out more than just bringing it to the restaurant in case it gets cold or wearing it on the plane because planes are always cold. It was like, okay, no, I'm actually cold now. It's two (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon. So, Oh, wow. Besides the dodgy weather, was your first trip memorable? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I figured out that I am so capable. I booked it the day before I left. I had no idea what to expect when I got there. And then I got there and realized that I was off season. I'd gone in January. So when you think of Bermuda, you think of like boat tours and beaches and snorkeling, maybe a scuba class. January, no one had that available. Wasn't an option. So what I figured out is, okay, so I would want to go here. I'd want to see this. I'd want to visit this. Let's get there myself. I actually chose the Grotto Bay Beach Resort, I want to say. Shout out to Miss Joyce. I don't know if she's still there, but she really helped out in terms of when I came back to my room, because I went down to her desk and told her, I love black history. This is what I'm going to do. So she helped me point out a couple of places on the map. She told me, yes, you can absolutely get there. She Mm -hmm. called their uh, Black History Museum and spoke to the woman who, incidentally, when I got there, reminded me of my grandma. And like they short, built the same way, same complexion, very kind of like monotone and like (laughs) just you could still feel the love through the monotone. I'm like, you are my Bermudan grandma. And she called her and asked her to stay open later. And when I got there, she called to make sure I arrived safely. And then when I got back to the room, she had a packet of different places that I can visit. She had written me a nice little note, like telling me you'll be fine. And so ultimately I just took the bus everywhere. I ended up taking the bus to a bunch of the places that I would have booked a walking tour for, or I took the bus and actually just went around to the different places and saw a couple of the different monuments that were of interest. And then I ended up just walking around. But it is very pedestrian friendly, except for the fact that some of their streets just don't have sidewalks. Mm -hmm. So if you just disappear down a side block, you're pretty straight. But if you stay like on their main streets... It's a bit precarious. Yeah. And then it's that driving the opposite way. So you're trying to cross the street because I'm in the States. So you're trying to cross the street and you're looking the wrong way. So it's like, (laughs) oh crap. This is it. I'm going to just, I'm going to run. And then so many people are just helpful. I found so many just kind people. And that turned out to be a kind of trend. Just be a nice person, smile and ask questions. And that's absolutely saved me in a lot of places. I can sit and talk to people about travel all day long. But I want to hear more. That's how you ended up. (laughs) So what was that sort of aha moment with the podcast? Fell into that also. So I had a friend. And mind you, I dabbled with the um, notion of a podcast prior. I actually have always been like a creator. So before I had the podcast, I had a blog 
used to um, do written interviews with people that I just admired. People like talking about themselves. So every once in a while, I'd reach out to somebody be like, yeah, I really love what you're doing. Do you mind if I shoot you a few questions mm. and include it in my blog? Okay. He would say yes. And I also just knew I had a, re- a lot of really talented, creative friends also. So I would email, send them some questions. They'd send me back their responses. And I would clean it up, post it on the blog. And then I actually had a friend, shout out to Kendall, my friend Herbert. We knew each other forever. And I would just be in his videos. So I would just show up and just be pretty, be the friend in the background, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever the, the theme called for. It was a good time. And one <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, yes. I can put on, honey. It's a good time. <laughs> And so he was like, you should interview because he actually had Isis King as the lead in his video. And so he was like, yo, you should interview Isis for your blog. Like, Mikhail will absolutely record it for you. You'll already have your makeup done because he would have a makeup artist on set. So I had full face. And that was like the first time I'd ever gotten a full face. And my friend really put the pieces to me and put the battery in my back. Like, oh, you could do this. You can talk to people. Just talk to her on camera. And that was my first recorded interview with someone. Mm. And it kind of was like, I kind of like this, this being in front of the camera thing. And so then I just bought a camera, set it up in my living room, and I had my creative friends pull up. And we would just talk about whatever they were working on, or we would just have just usually black-ass conversations, like what has been your experience of blackness in this industry? Or I remember I had another friend where we talked about body image, but we talked about body image on the side of being black women who were always underweight. Because I started gaining more weight now, but growing up, that wasn't the situation. So you always have people that talk wild hot shit about people that are overweight, but then you also have people that always talk wild hot shit about people that are underweight. Because culturally, right in the middle is the sweet spot. Nobody bothers you. But when you're on either end of the extreme, oh, you don't eat? You don't cook? What's going on in your house? Oh, look at that little little Miss Bone. She's not going to eat it. Take her plate. And then it's like, so don't talk about anybody's body. So we had that conversation and I would just have some incredible friends really pull up, highlight the incredible shit they're doing. And then we would have really nuanced conversations in that sense. Hmm. And I tried to just pull the audio from those videos and just create it as a podcast that way. But I'm not always the best when it comes to like the technical side. Mm -hmm, I'm great with mm -hmm. ideas, but the execution sometimes can kind of fall flat on, on me. I don't, I can, again, I'll rabbit hole how to figure out this. And then as soon as I figure it out, now I'm tapped out. I don't have the space to create anymore. I don't want to have a conversation. And so it just became one of those things where I I let that go. I didn't do the podcast thing. I just kept talking to people and I tried to keep doing the YouTube channel. And then one day I had a friend, he was just like, yo, I'm gonna do a podcast network. And I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty dope. I'm like, you know, I actually have a podcast idea. And we had worked together on creative projects prior where I helped him with a lot of, because he's a, like, this is what he does for a living. Like, he is a professional director and, you know, producer, and that's his bag. Mm. And so I'm like, I got a fucking idea. I mean, I can show up and talk. So we opened a studio, and I showed up and talked every week. I'm actually about to be three years. I started in September, no, October. October. I think 2018. Yeah. Yeah, 2018, because I had just started traveling January 2017. So now I'd had a few trips under my bag, Mm. under my little little belt, you know, (laughs) my carry-on was packed. And I'd already had, like, you know, friends and family kind of ask, like, oh, how should I do this? Or people would slide in the DMs, be like, oh, well, where did you go for this? Or what do you suggest? So I'm like, well, I actually have a couple of questions that are coming in. Mm. Apparently this is content. And so we just fell into the project. So I would show up to the studio pay for my recording time and he had all the technical equipment to you know produce a beautiful podcast and I had the content so it worked out until it didn't work out we definitely didn't fine tooth comb through details yeah. um agreements or anything and it came to a point where I realized that I was doing more work than I was feeling was fair for you know me to even be and then the pandemic hit so I ended up not going into the studio I was recording at home and even from a little bit before that it just became where I was doing more of the I was doing a lot more in terms of production technical production and it was just like so why am I here I was cutting my own audio 
then it's just like, all right, so you used to do this, but now I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, so I whatever I send you is what you're uploading? Okay, give me a day. I have to take the front off or I have to take the end off. After a while, it just kind of became more of a casual thing where I would just pull up, use your space, I paid you, and, you know, go about my business. Pandemic, I was recording from home, and I realized I'm sending you my audio to upload for me. You're not yeah, doing anything else. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a kind of messy situation at that point where the friendship kind of I don't even know what we are anymore in terms of we're very cordial. I don't think there's any real love lost. We still very much so respect each other. Neither one of us is out here trying to badmouth each other. You know, it is there's what no it is. ill will. There's no beef. But it got messy. It got a little contentious. Like, yo, we were friends. Like, it got to the point where we both had lawyers step in and be like, okay, so we're not discussing this anymore. Our attorneys will have this conversation. And then it just came to a, like, we're sending these long emails and we kind of just had a conversation like, look, he was like, I'm not trying to stop anything you're doing. I just feel like, you know, this is what we had going. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what my view of any of that was. I never saw any of that. And it was something that we absolutely should have discussed before we got this far into it. And at that point, I was thankfully able to pay for, you know, a couple of things and a certain dollar figure was just, all right, let's just, we're good. We're cleaned up. We're separate. God bless. Wish you all the best in what you're doing. Wish me well in everything I got going. And we just don't work together anymore. Thank you for sharing that. So I know that like in Facebook groups, I see that term podcast network pop up quite a lot. And I personally don't really know a lot. I think you're the only person that I know that's had, that's been part of one. So for our listeners who might be thinking of joining one or what would you advise them to kind of think about or look out for before they kind of get into that situation? The biggest thing is owning your intellectual property, that IP ownership. It really sucks to be the person that's doing all the work. I find all my own guests. I research all my topics. I do all the work to put it together. These are all my ideas. These are all my views, my opinions, and I'm doing all the work. And then for someone to say that if money comes into place or if a deal is signed that they now are requesting or feeling that they are owed or deserved a very significant financial piece of that. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's not going to rock for mm. me. Yeah, And I would absolutely suggest that if you are considering joining a network, and I know that networks can absolutely be a good space for some people, but you have to know what you're getting into and then like what you're receiving and what you're giving. Mm. Is it a fair exchange? What are the benefits Are they helping with promotion? Are they helping with production of the episodes? Are you going to be the only person that's sending emails asking people to be on? And then also when it comes to something going wrong, or if all of a sudden somebody now starts bad mouthing the show, or you have a guest that doesn't cooperate, or you have a guest that now all of a sudden is making a bunch of requests, like, you know, actually, I'd like this to come down because I don't like the way this looks. And it's like, okay, so now who's dealing with all of that? And it was me. I realize that I'm dealing with all of this. I'm the one that has to go through the emailing back and forth with all the guests. I'm the one that's dealing with now hiring an attorney to get this person to like cease and desist. And so it's just like, okay, so what network? That last bit struck me as a little odd and made me think, well, what is the role of a podcast network? And there we go. I don't know. I'm very good at knowing what I don't want. I have a little bit more difficulty definitively deciding what I do want. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a personality thing. For me, I it, I just feel very limited in saying I want this because then I feel like if I declare this, then I'm also now ignoring the options of better. It's kind of that, um, oh, well, I don't want to be in a relationship because what if I meet somebody better kind of thing? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Thankfully, yeah. I've not had to deal with that. Yeah. Just in case he hears this. Love you. You're awesome. <laughs> Happy. Um, but it's very difficult to say for me what a great fit in a network Mm. would be also because I'm also not a great team player 
Okay. That's just my truth. I do very well in terms of I'll figure it out when my brain makes space for it to be mm. a, you know, process that we're going through. And I'm a very last minute person. I procrastinate all the time. I live a very great world in my mind. But when it comes to expressing that with other people, negotiating different terms and having conversations, it can be very difficult because a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. I'm more of a like, how does it feel? This feels right right now. Okay, so when I'm on Canva designing fucking T-shirts, when I should be, you know, working on a marketing proposal or like a marketing process or what are we branding now you you have all these offers but nobody knows about your offers because yeah. i'm having a great fucking time just like creating t-shirts for myself to wear and that feels good to me but i know that in terms of business and in terms of you know getting people on board and growing your audience it's counterproductive it's like all right yeah you, you wear a cute shirt but then it's just like well how do the people know? Yeah. So I'm slowly trying to put the business piece of it together. And mm. I know myself to be a great creator. I have a million. I never run out of ideas. But if you find yourself to be a great creative person in terms of ideas and, you know, feels and all that shit, a good network for you might be someone that says, well, we've got all of these established procedures in terms of marketing. We will absolutely help you in terms of branding yourself. We will absolutely get you on other platforms. We will absolutely get other guests on your platform. Know where you lack and where you want that filled in. Because I'm part of a ton of really great Facebook groups that are really good in terms of support. In terms of, you know, hey, this is the mic that I've found works the best in terms of canceling out my loud ass kids in the back or we're on Riverside. Riverside is great for, you know, X, Y and Z. But, you know, Zoom does this. Mm. So I've found really great help in that aspect in terms of seeing what other people are doing. And honestly, I don't really partake in the podcasting groups as much as I partake in the travel and just business groups. For me, Facebook has been a beautiful, beautiful resource for that, especially the black ones. I am part of um, Boss Fluence with Maddie James is one of my favorite ones. Um, I'm going to say Build Brand Launch, I believe it's called, with Arsha James or Arsha Jones. I love that group as well. I am part of a bunch of different travel groups like Nomadness, Black Women Travel, Girls Love Travel. I'm part of a bunch of those groups where people aren't necessarily talking about the business end of the travel part, but it's just like, oh, wow, I didn't even know people travel for this or yeah. damn, word, that's really interesting. Let me hit this woman up about that. So I would say like knowing what your niche is is cool, but then also being able to willingly step around the boundaries that are that in particular so yes it's a travel podcast but i don't necessarily need to be part of a travel podcast group i can Mm. be part of travel groups and then podcast groups and then let them dictate what's going to be important for you or in those spaces take what works it's like with advice you take what resonates piecemeal again yeah take what helps yeah i love that's really been helpful for me thank you thank you for sharing your story and Yeah, you hit the nail on the head all the way around, up, down, across, left, right. (laughs) So thank you so much for that. And um, coming up to three years, as you mentioned, are there any sort of poignant moments throughout your podcasting journey in that time? Anything stand out, whether it's lessons, challenges, aha moments? I'd start with, just don't stop. Mm. Just keep going. This is the first thing in my life I've probably been consistent with outside of just keeping like a job outside of this like this is the first creative um I'd say creative endeavor that I've ever really just stuck to every single week since the October 2018 launch I have had an episode every Thursday and I'm very proud of that that's amazing and thank you that kind of keeps me going it's like even when I don't want to record when I don't want to do it I think I only missed one week when my grandfather passed away that might have been it but then I think I pulled something together like days after because my grandpa was really one of those like you go to work if you're dying like he was like Mm. one of those old school work ethics like I'd walk 17 miles in snow because I had to go to work (laughs) yeah I'm a millennial I don't believe in (laughs) it I don't dream of labor you know so but I knew that it was like that whole the show must go on thing. Yeah. So I would absolutely say don't stop. I would also absolutely say don't be afraid to work with people 
but absolutely have the discussion of fair expectations and what each person is going to bring to the table so that when money comes into play or when royalties and expectations of who is owed what become a discussion, it's already navigated. You've had the talk and it's done and over with. Um, I will say, though, that because we didn't have anything written down, that made it a little bit easier to get out of also. So there is that as well. I wasn't dumb enough not to have the conversations in the beginning, but because the conversations never came up, like I knew that we should have been writing something down, but then at the same time, I'm glad we didn't because I didn't know anything about podcasting. Podcasting is still one of those really new industries where there isn't a norm as of yet. There isn't like an industry standard because it's such a new industry. And also keep in mind, like I'm not, the read. I'm not horrible decisions. I'm not the friend zone. I'm not a, I've got a hundred thousand people listening to me every week. I don't have 6 million people downloading an episode every week. So what is an industry standard for them? Isn't necessarily a fair industry standard for me also. So in fairness to myself, it's very, you know, in other small and newer creators, especially in this space, it's really fucking hard to navigate. So don't beat yourself up about not knowing because also I can Google how to this. And mm-hmm. like every other thing you Google, there's 75,000 pages of Google information. <laughs> yeah, And, you know, it's kind of like, I don't even know what's good information because yeah. I don't know. So, you know, be careful in terms of signing those dotted lines. And since we're on the paperwork thing, I would say if you have guests, use your intuition. Absolutely use your intuition because I will never forget I had a guest that in the recording, I knew it was a dud. Like I was like, I don't even know if I can use this as we're going. And, you know, I'm trying, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best, really trying to give, you know, my, I'm doing my personal best. And I just really feel like this other person is just like, so are you here to represent this group or are you here to represent yourself? Where uh, are we? It was a little questionable as it was happening and, you know, kept going with it. Cause I'm like, all right, well not everything is going to be perfection. Right. Mm. But then she turned into the guest from hell and Ooh, okay. it became a really like tiring social media. Every post she was on there with the same copy and paste. Don't work with this woman because mm. she doesn't believe in From all because podcast interview. Girl, there were 24, if even 24 views. I think there might've been at the time, seven views on the, on the, cause I don't really have a heavy uh, YouTube presence. I get excited when I get like 12, <laughs> I get excited when I get double digits on people watching the episodes on YouTube, right? My mom is basically the only person that watches the YouTube episodes. And then the few other people, shout out to the other nine of y'all that do. I love y'all too. Okay. I know you're there. I'm not trying to be nasty to you guys, but I'm saying we're a very small community guys. And she was really on. And it's because she bombed it. She did a terrible job. She absolutely did a horrific job and sweet enough girl. She was a sweet enough person. Did it not occur to you to pull the interview or you didn't feel like you could? Oh, it absolutely did occur. But guess Mm. what? Remember that part where I said I did my best? Mm-hmm. I did my best. And in the, let's say again to uh, also what I'd referenced before was take what works. Mm. There were some gems in there. There was, if we did a 45 minute chat, let's say we did an hour of those 60 minutes, 20 of those minutes were really good information. 20 of those minutes were really like, oh, wow. That absolutely makes sense. I really can do this. This is something that is accessible to me. When I travel, this is something that is... And it was just like, there's no reason why. It was, I ain't even going to make you work for it. I'm going to let you know. (laughs) And I don't want to really shit on her in that sense because she's allowed to feel how she wants to feel about that. However, I put work into producing these episodes. This is true. I put space into this. I actually have now help in terms of editing my episodes. So my editor's work does not get to just go for naught because you don't like the episode. My work does not just get to go for naught because you do not like the episode. Mm -hmm. As well as my credibility and my consistency and being very proud of absolutely having content every single week does not get to go to naught because you don't like what you said in the episode. So I get to stand behind myself and owning my work as a creator 
because at this point, my consistency is my bag. My consistency in creating good work and showing up when you don't necessarily have the help from a guest that has as much as some other, because sometimes, you know, sometimes you have a guest and then technical stuff happens, audio doesn't work, or you go into wanting to have one conversation and they give you really short answers and you're really trying to pull. Sometimes, you know, some people you have to work harder with, right? And some people make it easy. It's just a conversation. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. And I'm a very laid back kind of, let's just have a conversation because I feel like conversations, I move from a a place of authenticity because that's the one thing I can do. I'm very good at being myself. I may not be good at a lot of things, but the best thing I can do, what I'm the absolute best at and wherever I am is being me. I know how I am going to respond and react in every situation. And that's what I do. That is my personal superpower. And that light doesn't get to be dimmed because somebody else doesn't come to the table with that same plate. Yeah. We're not doing that. That's not fair to me. And I'm not in the business of being unfair to myself to make other people happy. That being said, also, there was no good reasoning as to, you know, why this wasn't working. If you told me something like, you know what, I actually signed an NDA about this and I, you know, really overstepped and I misspoke and said some things that were contractually just like I wasn't supposed to say, dud, we got you, sis. We're going to pull that down. If anything, let's arrange to schedule something else. I can absolutely put something in. But I kept getting very vague, like it was like the same tone of the fluff kind of, Mm. you know, interview was the same energy that was given in this in the email exchange back and forth and it was just like no this is my platform Mm -hmm. this is mine yeah and i stand behind that yeah yeah Yeah, stand behind that a hundred percent yeah full chest and i think the reason why i asked you is because i see a lot of people with these dilemmas with guests Mm -hmm. and you can read the posts and you can see that they don't feel that as the host and it be in their podcast that they can say, well, you know, no. And yes. sometimes I might comment and say, well, no, it, exactly what you said. It's your platform. It's your podcast. What do you want to do? It doesn't really matter unless, like you mentioned, there's some legal contractual reason. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing. I specifically asked for what in the episode was problematic. Mm. I specifically asked for detail as to, okay, so where are we having an issue here? What is it that isn't in alignment with what you're, you know, looking to portray? Mm. Nothing. Nothing was given back. More fluff. And I'm like, nah, you're not fluffing me, bro. Yeah. I don't take well to that level of disrespect. And again, that became another thing where attorneys had to get involved. Oh my gosh. And from there, I always have guests sign a contract in terms of this is my content. Mm. And I mean, and honestly, I Googled guest contracts Mm -hmm. and I plugged in all of my own information, sent it to my attorney. He's like, no, this is good. You're sound. This is straight. We can use this. And going forward, I just have all of my guests sign that. And it's not on a I don't trust you. It's very preventative. It's kind of like when you take a Tylenol after drinking all night before going to work the next day. He's like, you know what? Let me just pump these Tylenols so I can get up with the alarm and not hate myself going to work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You're an adult. Preventative measures. When you, you know, record with all of these major agencies. And and then I think sometimes people take you more seriously. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll take you as, oh, you think you like big time? Because like you got contracts now. And then maybe that person just isn't the right guest for you. You know what I mean? It kind of just saves you from the future of having any kind of questions or issues or, you know. And then honestly, I have no problem having the conversation if someone were to see the contract and be like, ooh, this looks a little kind of, oh, girl, this is what happened in the past. If you're uncomfortable signing that, that's absolutely fine. Maybe we can find another way down in the future for us to work together and, you know. Even if you don't feel comfortable using a contract, I've seen other, um, I think it was in your invite where you asked those questions. Do you consent that we'll be recording visual and audio in this episode? You check off yes. Do you consent to knowing that the content is going to be owned by Rosemary Calendar and, you know, this is my content to edit and blah, blah, blah. Or do you consent that you will not be given editing privileges in advance? Even if you're Mm -mm. uncomfortable with giving a full-on legalese contract, which is really one printed page and they sign, it's not that bad, y'all. But if you feel uncomfortable with doing that where you are, consider just specifically making sure someone knows I'm editing this to fit 
my aesthetic or this is my content once it's, you know, once it's done. I don't add Just fluff. Just cover yourself. Exactly. Put something yeah. in place so that you don't like start questioning yourself. You don't second guess, you know, all the work and the energy, the time, the emotions mm. you put into your baby. This is your project. Know what matters to you. My peace of mind matters. A hundred, a thousand percent. I think to touch on your point quickly around the industry isn't monitored or regulated in any way. So I think a lot of people, whether it's a passion project or linked to a business, I think a lot of people, oh, you know, it's just podcasting. Mm -hmm. I don't think people anticipate that these sort of issues might arise. But I think with anything, you could be podcasted for years and then it's just going to pop up. I think at least once a podcaster is going to experience going something viral or, with a guest. Yeah. So yeah, rather than think, oh, that's never going to happen to me. It was definitely a story I read, read in a group that made me think, right, I need to put this in absolutely because I am just, I'm just not able. And it's like you said, it's that peace of mind. Like who wants to be talking to attorneys over a podcast episode? I mean, 20 views, nine views. You know what I mean? It was, there was <laughs> literally like nobody on it. And what was wild to me was, it was a consistent request that the YouTube be taken down. Not a single mention of the actual podcast, which had substantially more listens. That's not going to happen. But it might be that, you know, on YouTube, they can see her. Mm-hmm. So people are very easy to put the name with the stuff that's being said to the face. Whereas maybe with the podcast, because there's no visual. I don't know. I'm just trying to help a girl out. <laughs> And you know how you can see, it's kind of like, you you ever see that meme where somebody is referencing themselves as being a clown as they're doing something and they're slowly putting on the makeup. Okay. So there's like a meme Mm -hmm. or something that's just like, yeah, man, my girl loved me, yo. She would never cheat on me. It's like, so they're building their own clown face as they go through like the sequence of the situation. And it's just like, that's essentially what I was seeing happen because she started out by asking like, okay, um, so can you change my name? We didn't agree to use my name and I would like to, you know, keep some anonymity. She wanted to be anonymous, you know? And so I'm like, oh, because when I had you fill out the guest info, you put your name as well as at the bottom of your screen, you had your name there so why would i not use your name but cool so i took out a government oh, even though her right. government was everywhere in terms of every space that i asked for her name it was a government yeah name. okay i can get that you know you want your personal life maybe a little bit separate from your work life but then to my understanding you were representing this entity and so i don't know but again wasn't asking questions mm. hey can we have access to this i would like to promote it on our social channels Cool. Went out of my way to make sure that there was actually a link that they could use. I did, again, had my editor re-edit the content so that it was formatable for social media for her. I put in work to accommodate the initial requests. And after making all of these changes, adding the links to the social media in the description. So the episode was fine until like a week or two later, and then it became not fine. And so after making all these requests, and it was just like, okay, girl, I've done the most work on this episode. And then for you to then say it's a problem and not detail what the problem is, if nothing else, this is a problem. (laughs) And so I would absolutely say, stand behind your shit with your full chest. You know what work went into something. You know when you are trying to be taken advantage of. And I would absolutely say to trust your gut. When something tells you something is wrong or when something says something is off, the same way when you travel and you're really using like that, he looks a little shifty. So I'm not going to buy from this store. You know what? I'll take the next taxi. Or I saw the way you were interacting with her over there. So no, I'm sorry. I don't want to drink. Thank you. I'm actually about to head out though. Be blessed. Take care. And then, you know what I mean? Like all of that intuition that you Mm -hmm. use in your Mm -hmm. regular life to keep yourself safe especially as a woman i was actually having that conversation with my boyfriend earlier it's like i've lived an entire life of having to be hyper aware of what's going on around me because i am a woman functioning in a very male dominated society because we both went to um college and did a lot of film stuff 
And so I told him I did my one film class and I have to shout out to anybody that went to my school and really graduated with like a film degree because that editing bank terrified me. It was in like the most unused building on like Mm. the third or fourth floor in utter darkness because he was like, oh, I loved it. I could really hone in and concentrate on what I was doing. And for me, it was the exact opposite. I couldn't concentrate on what I was doing because I couldn't see what was happening around me. I had no idea. I have these huge ass headphones. So this means I can't hear if somebody's coming in this building. I don't know if somebody is running up behind me because I've got this bright screen in front of me and there's nothing I'm looking at reflective surfaces on. So it's just like. I am very aware of what's happening around me. And so I pick up on stuff because I have to. And in all of those spaces, it's like, I didn't necessarily honor it when I first heard it. But now that I hear you loud, we gonna stick Mm -hmm. with this. So it's a no. And at this point, my attorney is going to contact you and you guys can have that conversation. And so I had to spend money. That's the most expensive episode I've ever done. That is the most expensive episode. And it was really a disheartening situation for weeks to consistently have to just delete. Now you're going on past guests. You're commenting on their pages because you don't like how you showed up as Mm. yourself. And so we live in a very social world. And so it's like now you have to make those decisions where because in my personal life, I really don't give a fuck if you talk about me until you say it to my face. We don't have beef. You have a problem. So that's a you problem, not a we problem. Right. But now this is business. So then that was a conversation I had to have with myself is like, do I take my regular life approach to this or do I kind of take the business approach? Have an attorney come in, issue a cease and desist, leave my name out your mouth. We don't need to connect anymore. We don't need to have conversations. There's no interaction that needs to happen between us. And so it was really the first time that I had to kind of not be Dana And I had to be like D carry and be like, no, Mm. this is a brand I'm building. And I've worked really hard for this and you're not going to fuck this up. So yeah, I got to spend this bread to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's another podcast that I'm listening to and they were talking about boundaries and I was very surprised to learn they've both been in business for one, four years, one, maybe double that. And they were talking about how specifically since COVID hit, how many people want more out of their programs. And if they don't get what they want, like you just said, they're going to social media and just damning them. And I'm like, these are grown women. These are business women. And I was just completely flummoxed. And now to be having this conversation with you, who obviously I know, whereas, you know, just listening to a podcast, I'm even more flummoxed that people think it's appropriate to behave in that way, to just, have you got nothing else to do Audacity than to just sit and copy you. and paste on every, that's just mind blowing. But I appreciate you for sharing that story so that others can be aware. I mean, hell, I'm like, I need to look at my form again and make sure because mm-hmm. that just sounds like a total nightmare. And even though my podcast is related to my business, I don't want to have to go and find an attorney and spend money on this kind of stuff. I want my attorney to review normal business contracts. contracts. Not, oh my More gosh. money coming in and not money going yeah. out. Yeah. Not, oh my gosh, I had a guest here. Well, I'd only speak, to, I only interview women. So she doesn't like X, Y, Z. No, that's not what my podcast is all about. So thank you so much for sharing your um, experiences. I am sure other people will learn. We have gone over time significantly. I <laughs> so I've like only talk, got... Baby. <laughs> I've only got a couple more quick questions. Absolutely. Number one, is there anything you wish you'd known? I know it was three, maybe three years ago, but anything you wish you'd known before you started out? I think that it would probably be what keeps coming. Like what I'm trying to think past it, but what I keep hearing in my mind is start where you are, use what you have. And it's like that Arthur Ashe quote. It's something like use what you have and start where you are. Just do it. Just do it. I remember one of the most incredible groups that I'm part of is Black Women Travel Podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Shout out to Wanda. But I want to say she does a great job of absolutely saying all the words that she wants to be in the title. So I think it's the Black Women Travel. I'll send you the link and you can include yeah, that. Yeah, I'll in the show notes. Part mm-hmm. of one of those conversations. And one woman was saying to me, you know why I'm always going to outperform you? Because I do the work and then I correct it after. I will absolutely Mm. rabbit hole myself into 
connecting all the dots and perfecting it before I release it. And so that I don't release yeah. anything. And she's like, I'm yeah. always going to do it because I'm outworking you. You're sitting here thinking and thinking and you're thinking yourself out of doing anything. And she was absolutely correct. Michelle. And I want to say her podcast, I think is Michelle is money hungry. So definitely check her out too. And she said it very bluntly. She was like, can I say something real quick? And she didn't say it from a place of like, yo, you axes. She said it from a place of like calling me in. It's like, you see what you, you don't, you clearly don't see what you're doing to yourself, but I'm going to tell you what you're doing to yourself. You're thinking yourself out of situations. You're blocking your own blessings, essentially. So wherever you are, just do it. You don't necessarily need a mic. You don't necessarily need a camera. I forgot to charge my camera battery. So guess what? The the camera yeah. that comes with this good old Mac I spent all the damn money for, that's going to work. It's going to do. Yeah, it sure is. Guess what? You see me, right? Add a, a ring light. I've done so much mm-hmm. audio just doing voice notes. When I would do my remote episodes, like if I were abroad someplace or traveling, I absolutely would sit there and just talk into my cell phone. And I would yeah. send that audio and that audio would get updated. So absolutely, yeah. just just start. Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect for you to, you know, start your process. You get to grow along the way. You get to do better. And you can keep the not so great episodes. I hate my first episode. Absolutely hate it. But it's still there because that was where I started. Mm. That was the beginning. And you get to see the progress. You get to see the production value uh, improve. You get to see that, okay, now she's home or you get to see, like, Mm. it's all there. It's all part of the story. It's all part. Like I didn't start out the best traveler. You know, I was fucking up across the board in the beginning. I stayed uh, an hour away from the city I traveled so far to see and ain't really (laughs) get to see it. But I got a story to tell now. And that's because I did it. I showed up. Yeah, I figured out this ain't the way to do it. And I've gotten better and I've learned to travel better. And I'm hopefully learning the podcast better as well. No, definitely. And you are sharing those experiences with other people so that they can start out the gate and not stay an hour away. Yeah, <laughs> from the please don't. You better <laughs> off spending a, a couple dollars more to stay. In. If you know you yes. want to see the city center. Spend the extra $100, $200 to stay in the city center or else you're going to spend yes. $300, $400 with that taxi. Especially if you know and the stress that, you're... that comes with Hello. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm fully aware. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of answered my last question as part of that response. It was what's one tip you would share with aspiring podcasters? I don't know if there's anything additional you might want to add. Yes. I would say... I don't know if it's a great tip because I haven't seen the end result of said tip. However, I know that people will always ask, what is your reason? What is your story? What is like, why do you do it? And I don't have a deep reason for doing the podcasting. It's not for necessarily, I want people to be able to travel better. And it's like, no, that's more of a result of why I Mm. do the podcast. I do the podcast for me. I do the podcast because I like making shit. I like talking. I can talk all day about travel and I can talk all about how travel has made me a better person and my view of being a person. I won't say that I'm a better person than somebody else, but I know I'm a, I'm a better D than if I didn't travel. I see where my mind has been opened different ways. I see where I'm more patient. I see where I'm softer in certain spaces because of the grace that I've been extended on my travels. I'm more patient with people at my job when they come in and don't speak English because I've popped up someplace and been like, yo, I really swear this is an easy question. I just don't know how to say it in Cantonese. I don't know how to say it in, you know, um, Arabic, but I'm going to pull out Google Translate and try to ask you. And so someone being patient with me has absolutely gotten me out of being lost, has helped me choose on a meal. So I try to extend that same patience to somebody else. But the point Mm. is, it's like I do it because I enjoy it. This is like hopefully a hobby I can turn into a business. And I am very insistent on not doing as an adult, like as a kid, I hated doing shit I didn't want to do. Right. And one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things of being an adult is if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. If my job ain't dependent on it, if my security isn't dependent on it, if there's not something that is absolutely requiring that I do something and I don't Mm -hmm. want to, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to your baby shower because you know what? I don't like baby showers. I'm not going to whatever party this is because I can't wear sneakers. So no, no gets to be a very sound, good reason. And because I want to also, 
gets to be a very perfectly okay reason to do something. And I do this podcast because I want it. I don't necessarily, you know, do it to change the world and to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having a really strong, like, for example, if for some reason protecting children and, you know, child school safety is very passionate to you, like if you're very passionate about that and you decide you want a platform that I really need people to understand different ways to keep kids safe or water safety. I'm passionate about it because I had a near death experience or I almost lost someone close to me because of this or, you know, like mad mothers against drunk driving started because mothers lost their kids. You know what I mean? So it's like, there is a very strong reason behind a lot of platforms. I'm doing it because I like it and that gets to be okay for me. And if people learn something along the way, if people are entertained by me along the way, if it's just something to play in the background while you're fucking scrubbing your toilet, we both win. I'm happy because I talked my shit. I got it off my chest. You know what I mean? My dog didn't have to listen to me say it. My man didn't have to listen to me say it. The people got to hear it. And hopefully the result of me being happy in my expression is beneficial to the people that get to listen. And that gets to be good enough. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm glad you, I'm glad I answered that question. I'm glad you said that because I can totally relate. I think like when I started my business a year ago, the online space, you need a why, what's your why? And at the time, I just wanted, my daughter was 16, you know, I was a single mom, done it all for 16 years. And yeah, I just thought it was time to do something for myself. COVID opened my eyes as with a lot of people. And then it got to a point, maybe three months in, I found out I was going to lose my job. So that kind of shifted, right, I've got to pay the bills. But yeah, I, I remember maybe the first six, eight months trying to come up with this magnificent why because you see it on Facebook or any social platform about other people's whys and it's interesting because it's only a few weeks ago I was listening to Lisa Johnson's podcast and she was talking about you know what guys when I started my business I was I think she was going through a breakup or divorce whatever it was and you know what I just had to feed my twin kids that was it that was my why and I thought god dang it that's my why I've got a child and a dog to feed now. So yeah, I, th- I love that you've said that because I think people, that's something that could potentially stop people from starting because they, yeah. like your business, they're trying to come up with this like elaborate fancy why. They don't have to be actually, you just want to talk. You might want to inspire people. You might want to educate people. Whatever it is, just start. And then yeah, as you go along, it might come or it might not come. The right. world is not going to end. So I think that's a fantastic note to end on. I have kept you for so long, but this has been a magnificent conversation. Thank you. Thank I you enjoyed so myself. much, Dee. Yeah, no, this has been fun. Now, before we wrap up, I'd love it if you could tell our listeners about your Mindful Traveler course. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, I have found that I have gotten so much from my own travels when I check in with myself. And I think that that is very instrumental in how I got to that being a better version of myself. And I liked who I was before I traveled, but I feel like I've absolutely become more insightful. And I've always been like an insightful person, but the travels have really like ticked it to another notch. Like I ask myself different questions now. I reflect on different spaces and areas of my own life differently than because I've got this now new um, mode, this medium of which to mm. base my insightfulness about. I've always been a in my head kind of person and that's why group work doesn't always work for me because I very much so live in my head. Mm. It's great in here. I very, I'm, you know, I was an only child for a while and then I had a little brother, but we're five years apart and a five-year-old little, little girl and an infant little boy. We had nothing in common for years. So as much as I love my brother, I feel as if I was an only child for quite some time. So I've learned to just kind of entertain myself and on my trips, I really just had to ask like, do you like who you are? Mm. Like, who are you now? Who are you differently after breaking up with this person? Who are you differently now that you have, you know, experienced this life lesson? How do you feel in relation to your mom after this interaction? Like, how do you forgive this person for the way they treated you in this sense? And it's been so much easier to have these conversations with myself outside of my norm. Right. When you're in your regular life, you're distracted by your regular life and you're influenced 
by your regular life. You can absolutely want to discuss and think about how you're growing as a person, but it's a little bit harder when your dog is sitting here looking at you like, "Hmm, hey girl, so about that walk. Or, um, you know, you've got your friends and your family with regular life requests and fair asks of your time. But I did a lot of my travel solo. And so I found that if I'm able to just use this quiet time, this downtime, this time where I am absolutely doing whatever it is I want to do in this time. If I want to go on a hike, I can go on a hike. If I want to cancel my beach day and just sit here on my ass, I can do that. And I've allowed those trips to give me that space to, okay, how do we feel about this? Where can I change? Where can I improve? What do I like? What can I do more of? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? Who should I speak with? Who should I apologize to? Like just being separate from the noise of regular life, being outside of my workplace, being in these new, and then also I think that the newness of travel, when you visit places you've never been, it gives you the opportunity to do things you've never been able to do or things that you may not have had access to back home. I'm a city girl. I live in Queens. Like there's a lot of shit that I can do in New York, but there's a lot of stuff that I can't do. There are interactions with people that are so very, like Queens is very diverse, Mm. but diversity here is different than diversity on the other side of the planet. Mm. And those experiences, when I give myself the space to really reflect and pull on the newness and the excitement and the solitude and the quiet of being outside of regular life has absolutely just given me a lot of tools to grow with. And in my mindfulness course, I tapped in with seven women across different modalities, black women across different modalities in wellness. I've got Reiki practitioner. I've got a yoga instructor. I've got sound healer. I have a nutritionist. There are so many different spaces in your life that you can, you know, like another thing the pandemic has given us is time to kind of try new shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you try something new, you might find like, oh, I'm actually really good at this. Or this actually speaks to me. Like I thought I had a brown thumb for years. And then a couple of years ago, I realized, yo, I'm actually keeping these plants alive. <laughs> Let me look more into it. Yeah. And so then pandemic hit, I bought like 50 plants I didn't have on top of the 20 that I already had. So it's just like, I'm spending more time thinking about things I like that I'm good at. I'm trying new things. I'm doing more yoga. I did a Reiki, uh, a couple of Reiki, Reiki sessions with Janine. Like I've, you know, been given so many different ways to improve how I feel about myself and because I can connect anything to travel, it was like, damn, I've been doing this. Mm. I've actually really been doing this. And now that I've got all of these different modalities that I can say I know people in and can reach out to, why not be able to tie this into the gift that travel has been? So I feel like if you give yourself the opportunity to to try new things in new experiences, you get to be a new version of yourself. You can pull, there's a special piece of you that doesn't get to be unlocked Mm. Unless you do something differently than you've been doing. And the mindfulness course is designed just to do that. It gives you a different way every day to intentionally spend some time thinking about how you want to unlock a new part of yourself. And it's not all deep. It's in making simple choices in small pieces of your day. Just little ways to check in and allow a new version of yourself to kind of pop on out because when else would you have the opportunity? And that's what the course does. It's a seven day course. It gets sent in your email. So if you don't have the mental capacity, if for some reason in a day, you know what? Today, I don't want to do it. I really want to just play video games all day. Then you know what? You can stay in your Airbnb and you can play your little switch or whatever. And you don't have to check in, but you can say tomorrow. You know what? Let me see what that email was about. If you decide, you know what? I'm not going to do this on my trip because I am booked and busy every day. But instead of doing it while I'm traveling, I'm going to try this shit at home. I got a week off or even while I'm going to work. It's a little space in every day to really just breath work. Let me really calm myself. Latoya, incredible life coach, woman I've known my entire life. She really did an incredible job of giving really mindful breath work tactics. Like, you know, the, the, the box method where you do the close one nostril and you breathe in. She did a really mm. great guided video, if you will, to explain how to do that. And they're all short, five minutes. 
seven minutes. It can be done on vacation. It can be done at home. It's just designed to make sure you take time for yourself. And that's it. That sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to make sure that I include the link in the show notes and I am going to check it out myself. I hope you enjoy it. It sounds really good. I definitely need to do more work around my breath work and find like Mm -hmm. meditation and, you know, finding my inner calm and all that kind of stuff. So I will definitely have a look. Well, thank you so much. I think that wraps up today's episode. So thank you again for joining me, for sharing your podcasting journey and for all the amazing stories, experiences and tips that you've shared. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I absolutely enjoy. This is my bag. This is what I enjoy. I love talking about this and I'm so joyful and grateful to share this with you and your audience on your platform. So thank you again for having me. I appreciate that. We will do this again soon. I am sure. (laughs) I'm here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.